0: Welcome to the Digital Freelancers Podcast, where you get the latest strategies for starting, growing, and accelerating your digital marketing business. Now let's get started with your host, Mike and
1: Mike. Hello and welcome to the Digital Freelancers Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fleischner. Today here with a very special guest, Christopher Tompkins. But before we dive in, I do want to ask you guys to rate, review, and subscribe to the Digital Freelancers podcast. And of course, hit that like button for this episode and share your comments. We love getting feedback and your support is always appreciated. So let's welcome to the show, Christopher Tompkins. How are you doing, Christopher? Yeah, doing great. Thanks, Mike. So glad to have you today. And uh, for those of you who don't know Christopher, he's the co-founder, head strategist, and CEO of The Go Agency. After working at marketing firms in the UK, South Africa, China, and the US, he created his own agency in 2009. He's a fundamental believer in online marketing education and regularly speaks at national and international conferences. His passion for education led him to author several articles, essays, and even books about online marketing and social media. Christopher's latest book, "The Go Method: Twenty Two Simple Steps to Creating a Social Media Strategy That Works," is available on Amazon, and it's a great book. So I encourage people to go out there, check it out, and definitely check out the Go Agency. That's how I know Christopher. We've done some work together. We've gotten to know one another, and uh, Christopher is the go-to guy on social. So I'm so excited to have you on the show today.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to see uh, see just kind of go through some of the topics that we're going to talk about today.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, that's a good segue, Christopher, into the first topic, which for me, all of a sudden it is on my radar, like white on rice. And that is clubhouse. Like I keep hearing more and more about clubhouse. I kind of checked it out myself and then I found out you needed an invite. So I started asking around and I was fortunate enough to get in. And then I found out there are like a billion people on this thing already. So I'm always (laughs) late to the dance. Yeah. So Christopher, I mean, you run a social media management agency and you guys do content development and digital. Tell me a little bit about what your view is on Clubhouse as it relates to all these other social media channels and kind of what you make of like the emergence of what seems to be a whole new social media channel.
0: I think like just to frame it. Every social media channel was new at some point. And every time something new came along, everyone was really quick to jump on it. Remember Google Plus? Remember Periscope? Remember all of these different applications that people were jumping on and you had to get in there early. And then there was tons of people and everyone was telling you, you have to be here. You have to be here. I say roll your roll, slow your roll, Holmes, because it, it, it <laughs> is an absolute mess in there. Um, I think Clubhouse, much like Periscope, it's extremely experimental and it's in like, it's in the alpha phase or a, a, like in a retrograde phase. I think that when we are looking at bite-sized video content before and how video content would be utilized, you think like, oh, how am I going to get my message across in that short period of time? Then dial that back a couple more years and like, how can I get my thought across on 140 characters or less on Twitter? it's it's kind of just getting used to the way of thinking and how it goes it is not mature enough now it's basically you're using voice instead of voice snippets instead of video snippets so it's it, it it's a very interesting yeah. medium do i feel that you must claw your way into clubhouse no i don't think you have to i think it's really cuz you it's it, they've made it so you clamor i don't like apps mm-hmm. that do that because they usually crash and burn, and they're being sold because they're trying to get as many people in there so they can do proof of concept to sell the sell the API or the IP rather. So it's it, I'm mm-hmm. thinking that's the case with this one. But for marketers and freelancers, I think it's really important for you to the easiest way to get in, get involved with Clubhouse. You need an invite. Go on Facebook. There's a gajillion groups with it that share Clubhouse invites. That's how I got mine. I went into a group. I joined it. Okay. In 24 hours, I had one. I didn't have to bother my network. Then I went in there, looked around, and I was like, oh, this is what this is. I think it's (laughs) worth it. Because look for your niche. Your niche is not going to, and it's not going to be readily presented. So find something that's close to it. Join one of the conversation rooms Mm -hmm. and just shut up and listen and see how people are how they're mm-hmm. being moderated because I think the moderation is what the trend I would be interested in because how do you cultivate that conversation and make sure that everyone's not raising their hand and waiting to talk because I feel like that's how it is right now Sure. because a lot of people on mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. in their profile, it says hustler or, um, you know, <laughs> a serial entrepreneur <laughs> or business maybe it's yeah. like all, of the, all these disposable People that aren't not mostly disposable people, but mm-hmm. just they're not, they're not my audience or my client's audience. And they don't bring much to the conversation. Yeah. But I think it's worth taking mm-hmm. a look at. There's that on, actually on social media examiner, social media examiner had a great article on kind of 101 Clubhouse, kind of how you can kind of jump in. And I would recommend that as a as a piece just to kind of get people more familiar with it. Um, but you're not gonna catch me writing about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a great tip. And uh definitely check that out. And Social Media Examiner just has great content in general. So another fantastic source for our freelancers listening today. And I really do like what you're saying. It is so uh it's in its fledgling stages. And it yeah. sounds like you're of the philosophy. I don't want to put words in your mouth, so please let me know if this is what you're yeah. saying, that essentially it is so early that there might be something to be gained by observing for now and not necessarily jumping in and putting all of your time and effort behind clubhouse clubhouse because it's just too early we just don't know where it's going to go
0: absolutely and if let's think about it when i was using the video example in the short-term video live video video streaming all that type of thing when periscope came up it was the same thing exact same model of like getting everyone really excited you go on there and it's i don't know what the hell i'm looking at and then Mm -hmm. then flash forward two years later we have facebook live really cemented as a platform that people utilize all the time platforms like restream that will like syndicate your streaming content to like 10 or 15 or 20 different sites so it's kind of Mm -hmm. just looking at how it's being used and going like how can i how can i use this for my business like think about tiktok if i go to um a client that's extremely serious i'm like why are we not on tiktok And, and and they have their reasons are because it's, it's silly. It's a, it's a bunch of beautiful people dancing. It's this, that, and the other. And it's like, no, I can find your audience on there and we can just look at it this way. Mm-hmm. And, but if I didn't, if I didn't have that mm-hmm. experience with Periscope or Facebook live or reels or anything like that, I wouldn't have the mass to be able to pivot really quickly into the TikTok conversation.
1: Does that make sense? Sure. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think having that broad experience is just so critical, especially when we're in the business of advising clients and they have to make decisions on where they're going to put their time, energy, their dollars. And I think that kind of leads me to the next question, Christopher, is there, there are a lot of emerging social media channels. Facebook has been around forever. Twitter's been around forever. But you mentioned TikTok and you know TikTok is not going away anytime soon. In fact, it's funny, I was having a conversation with my 19-year-old the other day and he still uses Snapchat quite a bit because he grew up on Snapchat, but he's also using TikTok like crazy. So, you know, I just wonder, TikTok, um, what your perspective is from a business perspective, because I know uh, you cover really all the social media channels for your clients. Do you have clients who are either actively publishing content to tiktok or have asked about it yes yes
0: yes and yes i I would say the the first thing i want to say is to all the freelancers out there get on tiktok immediately you can i'm on there so you can follow the go agency and see what we're putting out but what you can do is rather than just plug my channel i want you to see that i have one video that i took me five minutes to put together It's got more views than any of my organic content on Facebook for the last six months. Hey, unbelievable, unbelievable, and is that all? Yeah, good
1: five minutes.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. (laughs) And I mean, it's 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 a little bit of a challenge, but let's think about it from the client perspective. Clients were adverse to Instagram. Clients were adverse to Facebook, even back in like I mean. Dating myself, but that's right. I yeah. eleven years ago, it was it was a challenge. It was the wild west at that time too, because it was there were snake oil salesmen and there were people like us marketers that were really trying to figure out the landscape to get help clients get the most out of it. But when it comes to TikTok, there's such a great opportunity. So, for example, we have some business to consumer brands that we're working with currently, and they we have to do funny content. So, what are we going to do? So, we have a bike brand that we work with, and we. It, during these times, it's tough to get models, tough to get people kind of arranged with all of the changing atmosphere. So, what we've done is we've anthropomorphized the bikes. We've given the bikes human traits. And then, what we're doing is we're doing the challenges as the bikes. So, we're able to create fun content. We're showcasing the bikes on a regular basis. We also have behind the scenes on how the bikes are made so that then we hit all of those different notes now are the one thing mm-hmm. that we had to explain to the client is that listen this is not a spielberg production this is not going to be like a beautiful slick cinematic thing this is a disposable content that is supposed to just build your imprint online and i think if you can get a client to understand that because we all have clients that will say oh i'm just that's that's not right for me or i want to jump on the trend how can i dr- jump on it so understanding. That's what like I was talking about, like Periscope starting out and kind of like experimenting with the lives and things like that. Mm -hmm. Having that experience really helped us look at TikTok. It took us about a month to figure it out. I'm not saying that we looked at it and we're like, oh, done. I mean, it takes time. (laughs) Because you have to figure out, you have to hack the algorithm. You have to hack what's going to work best for you. But I definitely see it as a viable channel. Plus, shopping is going to be introduced Mm -hmm. um, at some point in this year because it's already thriving in China. So it is, I'm thinking it's coming later this year, and that's going to be basically a link that you can click in the video that goes directly to purchase. And it's just opened up. That's in Canada, a game changer. So the whole North American market's kind of opening up. It's so like it's a no brainer.
1: That's incredible. And you know, one of the things I think that you're actually more qualified than pretty much anybody to discuss is this idea of video. So you mentioned video. I know video in general has really transformed from these large commercial productions to more raw, authentic types of content. And your agency, the go agency, is incredibly creative. You guys do amazing things. So for our listeners, if you guys are not following the go agency on social channels, you, you really have to see uh, some of Christopher's stuff. But you know my question for you, Christopher, is how do you work with that client who you know they need to be on social, They really need to be creating these video assets, but they're coming from a corporate place, a place of, oh, we got to hire actors and actresses and bring in a film crew and create this, you know, $100,000 commercial or, or whatever they're used to. How do you really bridge the gap from where they are to where authentic video lives today? What is that conversation like?
0: I actually just wrote an article on Forbes about this because I try to keep the Forbes articles that I write based on client frustrating client frustrations that I might have. (laughs) Or like I'll get off a call, literally I'll get off a call with a client that I might have had like a frustrating kind of Mm -hmm. um, meeting with. And I'll I'll call a writer and I'll be like, this is the next one. You know, just because I know that I'm not the only one dealing with it. What I suggest is with any uncomfortable initiative, you try to sell them on a 30 day trial. Because if you can say I want to try this for thirty days, thirty days, and this is what I'm going to provide you, you're going to get these these three KPIs that are going to affect these three ROI points. If we do not meet them, mea culpa, we'll go back to traditional. Mm -hmm. But I think that we should just try this out for thirty days. And before before you do that, though, know that you can deliver. But the like for example, um, on uh, the videos, I said I can get more engagement on your videos. Um, in 72 hours than you've got an Instagram in the last year? Because I know I can do it. Pretty compelling. So, and But yeah. that's the thing, right? If you, and they're like, oh, how can you say no to that? Come up with a, I can't say no to this proposition. But, and, and be real about mm. it. Because if you can achieve that, they're going to understand the worth of it. And then they're going to give you the latitude to be creative, but not in a lo-fi way, not in this overproduced way. Because the overproduced yeah. video, they have a it has a place. Come on, it has a place. There, there there's mm-hmm. on your website. I want to see. I want to see a cool, slick video. But if I'm dealing with a client, we have another client that has a uh, a workout app that's based uh, that's focused on first responders and keeping them healthy, mind, body, and spirit. And they, the workout ones that are really low-fi or them clowning around at the gym or doing a challenge, killer on the website. The slick avatorial <laughs> piece that looks beautiful. Perfect. It's like a different, different mm-hmm. things for different mediums. But I say, go for a trial. It really, really works.
1: Yeah. I love it. I love it. Try it and we'll hook you and then you'll be convinced. It's a pretty good strategy.
0: Works for everything too, by the way. I mean, if you, if it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be just video. If you know that you're really good with something and you can really get wonderful results as, mm-hmm. a, as a freelancer, you should really have a couple pieces in your back pocket that you can throw on the table to really close a client on a a crazy idea that was created by yourself. And they will think it's crazy, Mm. not that you think it's crazy, it's just crazy. And then you deliver. And guess what, you can ask higher prices, you'll have the client longer, they'll Mm -hmm. they'll be looking to you as a thought leader. And as a freelancer, or even as Mm -hmm. an agency owner, and you can, I'm sure you'll agree with this, Michael, you want to be respected as the thought leader. You do not want to be an order taker. You do not want to be do the, okay, I want mm-hmm. this these are my five keywords. Go. It's like, well, yeah. wait. You hired me to develop that. So Let's
1: talk about that. Yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, I think I think it really does help prove your case and it's a good trump card to um, upsell on services.
1: So one of the things Christopher I mm-hmm. definitely feel would be valuable for our audience as well is continuing the conversation on content. But yeah. focusing a little more on traditional content, you know, specifically blog articles, you know, uh, essays, things that that you've done, your agency has done for some very large brands. We don't have to name names, but, you know, I think yeah. some of the conversations we've had, you've learned a lot about what type of content works for for different media. Right. So mm-hmm. can you talk to us just a little bit about maybe something as simple as a blog post? And if a freelancer is doing work for a client, maybe they're a content writer, maybe they're uh, just trying to help them with SEO, but they're trying to produce content. What are some good things that we should be thinking about to produce content that's not only going to align with what our clients are asking for, but will ultimately get that engagement, that exposure, and really get some interactivity online?
0: the first place that i always always look to are if you're if you're dealing with a client and you're trying to develop an angle for not an angle per se but what what type of content can we start start sh- sh- start sharing for them base everything for the first 30 to 90 days on faqs everything needs to be on faqs go and talk and, and this is going they'll they'll be funny about it but just push them talk to mm-hmm. a salesperson and be on a sales call and ask them how they're selling the product or service um, and then say, Hey, that was really great. You did a great job because you always have to endear yourself with the salespeople because as the marketing person, sure. you're always like in the, in the firing line because you're expensive Yeah. in the eyes of the company. But the, um, I always say, ask them, I like, so what, what is the biggest objection that you get on these calls? Like what, why aren't you closing more people? Like, what do you feel like would be really useful? Cause if we could develop a piece, that would be great. If you can get that mm-hmm. conversation with a the salesperson, they're going to tell you more because they are money motivated than the bosses, which is more reputation motivated. So you'll be able to hit both of those mm-hmm. notes. So you're going to have an, not an endless stream of content, but you're going to have things that are going to be engaging to the audience. Because when I'm if I'm talking to you on the phone and I'm asking you these questions, what if I could pre-qualify it? Also, if you're doing that content stream based on those frequently asked questions, and I'm not saying FAQ number one, uh, it's going to be content that you're (laughs) going to write as a a, a nice scripted piece that's that's going to answer the question. Because what you want to do is give that to the salesperson, give that to the marketing department and whatever to use internally as sales pieces after they have a call. Actually, we wrote an article about this on our blog and they reference it. That increases the thought leadership and increases greases the wheel for close. If you're trying to bring people closer to you, mm-hmm. answering the questions that they have when they see your brand, it's, it's just the low-hanging fruit every time.
1: Yeah. And, you know, from an SEO perspective, which is obviously my focus, mm-hmm. you can't go wrong with FAQs. Not only are you creating content, but Google, which is trying to answer a users' query right on page one of yeah. search results, they love FAQs and, you know virtually any query that you you use today out on Google will result in some kind of answer box, some kind of FAQ or dropdown that's answering those questions because what we find is that's how people engage. That's how they, they use search engines. That's how they, as you're mentioning, interact with people who are representing a product or a brand. And I think that's a fabulous suggestion, And uh, again, I know you've done that for some large brands and sometimes we have to follow the leader. If this is what's working, I -hmm. think we all have to be kind of open to it.
0: It brings you closer to being authentic as well, because if, if any, any little PR crisis arises where you get a customer service problem, maybe you have widgets and then the widgets don't ship from Turkey. And then you have to, you have a whole bunch of upset people that are waiting on their piece for their door alarm. Um, that could be a big issue. So be, but having a social media presence that's based around serving the audience, when you go in there with maybe like a slightly canned response, it works within the story that you're telling.
1: Mhm mm-hmm. And you touch on a really good thing that I, I would love to get your perspective on, and that is authenticity. Oh, yeah. And I know for a while that term has just been kind of tossed around, but I think you and I both know that when it's done correctly, it can be a game changer i'm working with a company they're a SaaS provider in the parking management space these guys are incredible they're authentically building this brand around sustainability that's why they got into parking management that's why they really are building a business that isn't just about creating efficiencies in parking It's really all about protecting and saving the environment. So, you know, think about it. If you don't have a line of cars trying to get into an event, all idling and polluting the environment, and you multiply that times billions of vehicles, you can really make a change. Mm -hmm. And I feel that they're a great example of an authentic brand led by authentic people. So Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on authenticity in general? Do you think it's important- uh, what are some of the best ways to really get at what what makes a brand authentic?
0: Okay, so wh- how I, what I think is that I think authenticity is a and, and this is going to sound weird. I think it's an emerging trend. Um, I think it's an emerging trend. People aren't saying that. People were saying you should be authentic. You should be authentic. You should be authentic. Mm-hmm. More people are talking about it. But what's happening is people are having real conversations now, and the reason is due to when when the whole pandemic hit. I think there was a little moment of quiet that everybody had and they had a little bit of moment of panic. They had just, they felt completely juxtaposed in terms of their regular day-to-day life. They were thrown into video calls. They were thrown into different things, but we were able to, they were communicating electronically as human beings rather than looking at the electronic medium as the means to carry a message. So the business messages, I feel when I, when I pitch something to a business owner, I feel like they're more open to having that voice. So what I do is we go through, we wanna see who your target audience is. We wanna find out what, who you are and why you do what you do. And what I say is that, hey, if you have any skeletons in your closet, I'm opening the door and I'm emptying it. So I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna find out. So tell me what's going on. I wanna know everything. And what are you motivated by? What makes you happy? What makes you sad? What makes you, I mean, obviously different strokes for different folks in terms of the tone of that conversation, but we really shake out what their passion point is because we want to connect people, their passion with people that could benefit from their passion. So we create Mm -hmm. human messages from brands as well as individuals that resonate with the audience rather than, Hey, $20 off. Limited time! Click here. Um, Free demo. Free webinar. Twenty four hours only. Like, I mean, no. Mm -hmm. The the beauty now is that (laughs) mediums for that. You can go to programmatic ads. You can do IP retargeting for that crap. Like Mm -hmm. on the main social channels and even on your website. If your website to your audience, okay, this is the biggest tip ever. Read a website out loud. And if you if your if your client is you're you're trying to tell your client that um, their tone is a little off get them on a call and read their website to them. You'll, ha- you'll be able to do whatever mm. you want, anything you want, because it's Absolutely. kind of like, a many t- nine times out of 10, one of the things I find is that they're writing to the wrong audi- audience. They're looking for partners, but they're writing to the end user or something like that. So it, yeah. when, you, when they're doing their social channels, it seems authentic because it's kind of like looking for partners, but their website's for end users. So there's a disconnect in their story. I think that yeah. blogging, email marketing, social media, if you can tie that human thread through that and provide, and I, again, provide mm-hmm. value, bring people closer to you. Absolutely. position yourself as an expert. Don't sell. Do that through your ads.
1: Yeah. And you know, I think telling that story is so important, Christopher. Yeah. I, I think you and I may have talked about Story Brand in the past, Donald Miller, you know, what's your why? Simon yeah. Sinek. It, it, there's a lot of content out there about telling your story in an mm-hmm. authentic, meaningful way. And I think that's that's a value that we as marketers can give to business owners because they may be living it, but they typically don't share it in that way. They're just very transactional. And unfortunately, or fortunately, people buy from brands they resonate with. It's an internal decision. It's not an external decision. If someone needs a new roof, right, that's transactional, but they're going to buy from the roofer who's the local guy who everybody says is a great chum and does good work. And that's an emotional buy, because that's how people buy they they buy to overcome internal problems, not external problems, despite what what people will tell you yeah, so so Christopher, we only have a few minutes left, so before we go, I, I did want to ask you, because you are working with so many clients on social, you know what are some of the things that we as marketers need to be thinking about or looking forward to as we get to the end of this? And, and I'm saying it in an optimistic way. But as we come out of this pandemic and people being stuck inside their homes, does that have any impact either on the social media channels that, that we use or maybe some of the content that we're recommending to the brands and the companies that we work with?
0: I think that what I, I would say to that is now is the time that people are open to experimentation. When the world opens back up, everyone's going to be immediately distracted, and distracted in such a major way that mm-hmm. we are going to probably feel the lull that we felt in March of last year at that point. Because people, mm-hmm. I, do, do I not think that all of my staff are going to want vacation during that time? Do they? They're not. That <laughs> every single restaurant's going to be on a two-hour wait. Every it's going to be a different. Yeah. It's going to be different. It's gonna, I mean, of course, it will happen gradually, but. Now's the time to mm. experiment, add to your service list, find new things that you can do to sell, new things to make yourself relevant. I think that is a really, because you can then with your clients that you have right now, delight them to keep them on longer by saying, hey, we have this new service. We wanted to offer it to you for a 60% off just for you because um, it's a new service for us and you're a valued client. So you can make money, you can test it, you can get the concept, you can get a case study together. So when everything gets to the end of it, You have a larger offering Mm
1: -hmm. um,
0: that is more diverse. And if you have case studies, you already have proof in concept. So it is easier to sell to new people that you engage with. That's what I would suggest. I've done that for the last year and it's been absolutely gangbusters for me.
1: Awesome. I love it. Great, great advice. So Christopher, thank you so much for being on the show today. If folks want to reach out to you, if they want to learn more about the Go Agency or your books, or I know you speak, if they'd like to get in touch with you, what's a really good way to do that?
0: I think for the agency's website is, is the best way. Um, I, the website is Go. G-O, salesandmarketing.com, gosalesandmarketing.com. On there, uh, I also have a podcast, The Social Marketing Academy. You can check out the podcast page. The blog page there has lots of really great information. We also are offering um, an e-course right now as a pop-up on that gosalesandmarketing.com homepage. And also, if you are a freelancer, Um, And you have referral work. We do pay for referrals. So if there are any social media campaigns that you come across or clients that you think would be a suitable fit, please reach out to me. I'm always interested in in connecting with other freelancers, learning about your work and seeing how I can mutually support you with my experience in that work.
1: Christopher, thank you, as always. It's always, always great to talk to you. You have so much valuable content to share. So again, I encourage everyone to follow Christopher, uh, reach out to the Go Agency. And of course, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Digital Freelancers Podcast. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to hit the subscribe button for this podcast and share your favorite episode with other freelancers.